podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. You situated, Andy? I'm situated. Thank God. Welcome to the bridge. Oh, it's so beautiful up here. Yeah, this is where we do the main bulk of podcasts. Yeah, it's nice. It seems very, very soundproof. Yeah, all the uh, podcast commands are handled up here. Yeah. this is That's Ops. That's uh-huh. Worf. Right now we're not clear on what he does this season. No. He's our <laughs> producer, isn't he? <laughs> sometimes he walks around with the security team. Sometimes he doesn't. Right. Sometimes he fights an android in a turbo lift. Sometimes he doesn't. Yeah. I feel like... Well, I guess we're going to get to it. Oh, of course we're going to get to it. But I feel like he would have he would have sustained a lot more damage than we're led to believe <laughs> if he took a direct punch, chest punch from Lore. Quite a scream he let out, too. Yeah. Which I'm sure we'll get into. Sure. Anyway. Andy. Yeah. Did you have a great time with Data Lore? Uh, you know what? I really, I really enjoyed um, much of it. Oh, all right. I look yeah. forward to finding out how many Andes you gave it later in the show. It'll Kids, be, stay tuned. It'll be interesting to see. Um, Matt, would you recommend that they watch this episode? Yes. Okay. Mostly because why? Why? Why wouldn't you? It's it's, it's, it's Data's e- brother. Evil Data. It's Data's first of two brothers. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Matt, what? Um, I uh, did I, you? What did you ruin? I didn't ruin anything, but I, I think it's time to uh, to open up hailing frequencies. Oh well, I suppose we should play that hail. Captain, Captain we are being hailed. It's a very calm beginning we had. That's not. It wouldn't be the way you would open a stage show. I can tell you that. <laughs> well, it depends. We come on. out going, "Hey, everybody!" <laughs> well, you're doing that. I'm doing a man. How many play. people haven't been to the show today before? All right, let's hear a round of applause. Uh, I don't really do shows. Do you guys like improv? (laughs) No. Oh. By the way, I realize I haven't been plugging any of, not that I care to plug any of my, the days of my handing out flyers for my improv shows are over, guys. Andy. A, because flyers don't exist anymore. Plug your shows. I'll do it at the end. I don't want to trouble them with it now. We're so loud right now. Are we? I feel like I'm I'm not even going to. I feel like I'm right on target. I'm not going to bother. I love having an imposing voice. Yeah, but I finally I just don't want us I'm peaking. To a, as almost like corpse like echoey one. I'm gonna take a seat down one. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry, I know how much you love it. Guys, we talked about the sound. That's uh, every the second time. thing we do. Every fucking time. <laughs> every time. We just want to make sure that you guys get the best listening experience experienceable. Okay. Hey Matt and Andy. Hi. Uh, it's actually hi Matt and Andy. So. Hi. Uh, I've been a recent fan of TNG from Lisbon, Portugal, which I thought was cool. Oh, I, I would a lo- great you know CD of the Dave Matthews Band playing live in Lisbon, Portugal. This is from a gentleman named Diogo, and I will tell you, Diogo, uh, get, uh, get gather all the fans there. <laughs> I would love for us to be able to take a trip to uh, to uh, you know have some friends already said from I'm a, Lisbon, listen, Portugal. I'm a, I'm a quarter Portuguese, so let's make it happen. I didn't know you were a quarter Portuguese. Yep, my what's the rest? Cuban? Yeah, my dad's half. My dad's full. My mother is Italian and Portuguese. But that then is, if you look at the 23andMe breakdown, 
there's some. It's weird, all Jew because that's what I would guess. <laughs> uh, no, my wife is. My wife is. I know your wife is Jewish. As 90, am I. Ninety ninety eight point nine percent Ashkenazi. Really? Yeah. That's why she's such a smarty pants. Apparently. Or is that a a reverse racism? Uh, what is that? Is that a dumb people? I don't know. I don't know. That's the <laughs> the that. That guy, that bell curve guy's theory is the Ashkenazi Jews were the smartest. I actually don't know if I'm an Ashkenazi Jew or if I'm just a regular one. Based on <laughs> how many things I get wrong, I you're would from, have to you're assume. You're from regular one. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, I'm interrupting poor Diogo's letter. I, I think re- that's how they wrote it. They're like, oh, what kind of space station would it be? I don't know, a regular one. <laughs> oh, regular one. All oh, right. You don't want to think about this for three more seconds, no, guys? Let's call it regular one. <laughs> Uh, I remember being thoroughly unimpressed with the first couple of seasons, but I did love both the holodeck episodes from season one and two. Uh My question is, is this a cheat, both as a writing convention where you can have your actors play whomever you want on the holodeck, and even as fans? If you enjoy these episodes more than the rest of the episodes surrounding them, are you really a true Trek fan? (laughs) Uh, No, I think you're a genre fan. I think that they just like exploring different genres. I wonder, uh, Diago, is that how you say his name? It's spelled it's... D-I-O-G-O, not Diego. And I can't imagine that he mistyped his own name. Well, so. I wonder how he feels about the heavy uh, holodeck use on Voyager. I wonder how he feels about that. Well, they've. it felt like in many of those episodes they would... They would um, um, Use them as like part of an aggressive like plot device. I guess they kind of did here too. But I feel yeah, like, like but also giving it as gifts also, to other aliens and also, stuff. Yeah, but they were also trapped in the holodeck many times on board on board the Voyager. That's true. So that's true. All right. But I wait. also feel like holodeck time would have been way harder to get on Voyager. Sure. I I I don't remember exactly. I feel like there was that was one of the. The obstacles that the crew faced, like some of the holodecks were permanently out or there weren't as many or it was just something that was like one of the hardships, like the replicators didn't give them all the food they needed, which is why they needed Neelix. Right. Um, or they were conserving fuel or something. Back when they what it was. originally had problems and then sort of ignored all problems. <laughs> Are you not a Voyager fan? We've never really discussed it. No, I enjoy Voyager, but I do, like, you know, that was Ron Moore's problem with Voyager. He's like, the the ship should be dirty. It should be beaten up. It's never going to spaceport. It's not going to get cleaned up. Did Ron Moore, was he responsible for Voyager? Uh, He was brought, he did TNG and then went over to Voyager and then got into creative disagreements with Berman and was like, "Ah, I'm going to go do my own thing. And And then he did Battlestar Galactica. Which That's is, amazing because... Which is essentially what he wanted Voyager to be. Of course, which is why I wanted... I think it's why, you know, we'll see where I, I land at the end of this, but where up until now, original series was my favorite Star Trek yeah. and Voyager was my second because I have the same, uh, I think, aesthetic and uh, and plot interests as yeah. more of a Battlestar fan. Yeah. Reboot yeah. Battlestar. Ron Moore. Um, a lot of good work at Deep Space Nine. That guy really did some great stuff. Um, I look forward to dissecting. Still does. He when runs, did he join? Show runs uh, Outlanders on Stars. Well, people love that. I haven't mm-hmm. seen it. Is it good? I don't know. I haven't watched it. No review from Matt or Andy on Outlander. We gave it an unknown amount of Andes. <laughs> <laughs> Undecided Andes. Um, uh, um, Diogo also uh, offers some trivia from the uh, I love Triv's Big Goodbye episode, which had Lawrence Tierney as a character, mm-hmm. and he says who has uh, uh, who is also a memorable guest star turn on Seinfeld, playing Elaine's father in season two, which I remember. 
Tierney uh, famously scared the other cast members on the show when he tried to steal a knife out of Jerry's apartment set. Jerry approached him, asked him what he was doing, which is awesome. I love that Jerry Seinfeld's just like, what are you doing? What's going on? Um, Tierney tried to cover it by removing the knife out of his coat and making the psycho gesture and sound, trying to play it off as a joke. Needless to say, Tierney was never invited back to play her father, but Larry David periodically threatened to have him back. (laughs) Very funny. Keep up the good work. I love the podcast. Diego Casquillo. Here, you give it a shot. C-A-S-Q-U-I-H-L-O. Portugal boy. Casquillo. There you go. Blake Pettit writes us, Dear Matt and Andy, love the show. Andy, it really does get better. And then he has in parentheses, <laughs> This seems to be STTNC's longtime listener, first time caller. That was funny. Uh, apparently, I'm the only one. Regarding the cards. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it. I mean, I just didn't. No, audibly. just not a, not a belly laugh. I get it. Yeah. Um, not my joke, so sorry, Blake. Um, regarding- <laughs> sorry, Blake. Better look this time. <laughs> Maybe I delivered it wrong. Maybe it's on me. Regarding Picard's fascination with the holodeck, in the cold open. It's like that episode of Cheers where uh, they go to The Tonight Show because Cliff wrote a joke for the monologue. Uh-huh. And uh, Cliff's mother and Norm go with him to Los Angeles, to Burbank, California, and he delivers the monologue joke, and uh, it doesn't go well, and Cliff's mother gets up and yells at Johnny Carson and tells him how to deliver the joke. That's amazing. It <laughs> <laughs> was a good show. Maybe, Maybe we'll do that show. one next. <laughs> um, Troy mentions that the holodeck has recently been upgraded. Yep. I always took this to mean that the holodeck has new capabilities that Picard hasn't tested before. Namely, the ability to create characters in role-playing scenarios instead of just environments like Data's Forest and Encounter at Far Oh, okay. Which I buy that. That would um, make some sense as to why he's so uh, enthralled with it and in awe of it. Blake says, this doesn't explain Picard's utter astonishment at the Automobiles. fact that Dixon Hill's office has a great view, but there's only so much I can uh, help I can give this episode. And now on the on the topic of, of automobiles, mm-hmm. as writers, perhaps you could weigh on, in on something Data says in this episode that always bugs the hell out of me when it happens in Star Trek, and it happens a lot. Go. Data refers to automobiles as ancient Earth device. Hate that. This Hate drives it. me crazy. The Hate show it. takes place in the 24th century, less than 400 years of, uh, ahead of when it was actually yes. made as a teacher if i talk to my students about things that happened in the 1700s i don't call it ancient <laughs> times i just say a long time ago right uh always a pet peeve of mine and my least favorite usage of that is in the season seven episode a fistful of datas Sounds where they awesome, call it you? it's a terrible episode oh, where they bad. call it uh the ancient west <laughs> it's ridiculous funny Hey, guys. Love your shows. Look forward to each week's banter and, of course, Andy's theories. Come on, toots. Uh, I'm with you on this, Andy. Uh, my take was that woman was a lady of the night or prostitute. So that's one woman. Oh, the one person that said that. I wonder if she was uh, credited as toots. Uh, could be. <laughs> or prostitute. Mm. I don't think she was mentioned as prostitute. But she was a prostitute. Uh, just uh, well, that's, we, already, we already addressed that. Um, neat the big goodbye trivia. Yeah. Uh, from J.D. Cohen. I love, I love trivia. Here we go. You sure do. Maybe it should be a separate section um, with a fun name that neither of us have come up with yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trek trivia. That's got to, that had to be done a billion times. Um, I have a fun bit of trivia about the big goodbye. It was originally intended to happen after the annoyingly titled 110001. Yeah. 
Uh, Which is next, I think. In that episode, the Enterprise is serviced by an alien geek squad called the Binars, and they install some dubious upgrades to the holodeck. This would have explained some of the bullshit that happens in Big Goodbye, but in Grand Star Trek tradition, tradition, the production schedule was all fucked up. So instead of the holodeck, uh, instead the holodeck was thrown off because the insect people scanned the ship or whatever. I agree with you or whatever. Um, I don't think the original. You order. honor us, Picard. <laughs> <laughs> um, weird accent on the ali- on the insect aliens. I was yeah. noticing also. I don't know if that was coming through on the Universal Translator or what. Um, here that you'll be very interested in this one. Matt. I love being. It is titled things. Matt Sweatshirt. Ooh. Hey Matt, I apologize if you have already received emails about this. Is he this is someone not. telling me how to keep a sweatshirt? Soft? <laughs> it sure is. Fuck yeah, because I haven't even washed that sweatshirt yet. Uh, I was just catching up on the podcast, heard about keeping your sweatshirt soft. To keep your sweatshirt soft, you should watch it, wash it in delicate and cold and then either air dry or hang it dry or hang dry it. Uh-huh. Do not use any heat on it that will fry the inside. This will keep your sweatshirt soft for longer. I worked in uh, – I worked in – I'm doing a bad job of reading the letters this week. I sure is. I worked in wardrum – oh, my God. Wardrum. I worked in wardrobe and costuming at Disneyland. That's got to be the top-level wardrobe in the world. I mean, come on. You have so many fucking uniforms you have to keep clean. 100%. Uh, And uh, not to mention all those puffy outfits, unless that's a different department. You know, the the animals. No, I think that's her department. Okay. And had to deal with a lot of laundry. The (laughs) animals. They're not characters to Andy. They're still just animals. Hey, look. There's some animals over there. Look at that giant mouse talking to that giant duck. (laughs) Look at the animals wearing pants and hats. I don't understand. What is that giant animal? He has overalls and a big hat. Hope this helps. Love the podcast. Uh, cheers, Amanda Stoddard. Cheers. She wants us to do cheers. Everyone's clamoring. <laughs> they really are. We may have misinterpreted that. <laughs> Dustin Penny writes, good afternoon, gentlemen. Dustin wants us to know he wrote it in the afternoon. Dustin Penny writes is a good name, even though his name is Dustin <laughs> it Penny. Is. Dustin, free, free title for something. <laughs> I wanted to write and tell you how refreshing your podcast is. There are a lot of Star Trek podcasts, Too as you've many. already pointed out. Too many. I listen to a few of them. Although I enjoy the subjects discussed with each podcast, uh, most of the time they're so adamant about sticking to the structure of their shows that their personalities rarely come through until Star Trek The Next Conversation. The fact that the two of you uh, make mistakes, curse, fiercely criticize storytelling elements which don't hold up to modern standards and never shy away from non sequiturs makes you relatable and fun to listen to. For the first time, I feel like two human beings are hosting a Star Trek podcast as opposed to some holodeck programs. Is that is that a, is that an amber alert? It's an amber alert. This is what a Andy's downer. getting an amber alert. Wait, we both are. Cathedral, Could be severe weather. Cathedral. Well, it won't apply by the time you guys hear this. Cathedral uh, white Honda Accord 2016. We're looking for the license plate 7TJR654, California. It'll be far too late. Get them, Cathedral City. This doesn't air until Monday. Wow, Sunday of course, night. We could put it up tonight if we cared. About the Amber Alert? Yeah, we got to help that kid. All right. Or maybe we should just get in our car. Is it always a kid? This is the most depressing part of the podcast Uh, we've ever had. Where we describe what an actual Amber Alert is? Yes. Uh, Yeah, I think it's always a a child. Man, those poor people. Yeah. Anyway. I got to be honest. It's usually someone breaking visitation rights. Is it really? They're usually found in a parking lot with their dad going to Walmart. Um, ironically, his last thing he says is, please don't abandon the show, which we probably disproved with that previous conversation. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to hear Skinda's thoughts on the later season. All the best, Dustin. Stephen Heckert addresses... Now, is this... <laughs> is 
<laughs> These are all like titles of, of news segments. Stephen Heckard addresses. Is that not the way? <laughs> Justin Penny writes. Stephen Heckard's addressed it. I'm about to go into Prime Directive after this letter, but I don't know if this is Prime Directive. You can determine it after I'm I do it. Corrective, Andy. I'm correcting you on the title of the own, your own segment. Did, what did I say? You said directive, not corrective. I didn't say. Oh man, I think my brain is broken. I'm embarrassed for you. I feel like Laura with the Twitch. You have one day where you don't have to do work, and this is what comes out. I, I've lost my edge, guys. Not that I had an edge Keep before. It sharp. If you'd like to see Andy not have edge, you can go to the UCB Theater every Friday night and the first Saturday of every month. month. That's right. Uh, Friday night, 9.30, see Soundtrack. And uh, first Saturday of every month, see The Swarm at 9 p.m. Whee! Food remains food. Uh, he, he was addressing – it was a long letter. Sorry, Stephen. I had to cut it down, but I think you gave me liberty to uh, um, where we were, we were wishing that uh, you know, we could use the replicators to uh, – Lose weight fast. To lose weight fast. Or, the, or, I, or I also advocated that the transporter to beam out the food after we'd eaten it. Sure. Food remains food when eaten and is, an easy, and is easily digestible with its nutritional value being dependent upon the programmer. It would not be deleted out of the stomach because uh, a suddenly collapsed stomach with the digestive acids could be a danger to the person's health. How do you feel about that? Um, well, then, I mean, you're, what you're telling me is that the replicate, there's a system inside the holodeck, much like a replicator, that actually turns the food into actual matter. That's what you're telling me. And you know what? I'll accept that. Mm-hmm. That's disappointing. I would like that to be another aspect of the future. And it addressed why everyone's thin in the future, except for Argyle. Well, I think it's the nutritional value of everything is optimal when you get it out of a replicator. Argyle must eat so much. Or as the engineer, perhaps he's been able to program yeah, he's it. Tweaked it. He's like, listen. He's like, you know what? This... I want these trans fats. <laughs> I need trans fats. <laughs> except if it was Argyle, he would be going... Uh, I want these trans fats, see? <laughs> he wants the, um, what's the, remember that, uh, that fat-free Lay's potato chip that came out with that weird Does thing that still have those, the baked Lay's? No, it wasn't baked Lay's. It was like, uh, it had, it was an oil that had a weird name and it made everybody have diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lay's. Guess we won't be getting Lay's as our... Sponsor. Why don't we have a frigging sponsor? I don't know. If you're out there with a company, sponsor us. Wow Chips. Wow Chips were fat-free potato chips produced by Frito-Lay containing Olestra. Those did give you stomach issues. First introduced in 1998 and were marketed using Lay's, Ruffles, Doritos, and Tostitos brands. Although initially popular... Charting sales of four hundred million in the first year, they subsequently dropped to two hundred by two thousand. And Alestra caused abnormal uh, abdominal cramping, diarrhea, fecal incontinence, anal leakage, and other gastrointestinal systems. I got to tell you, I remember those chips, and they did cause you some problems. I remember them too, and I got to tell you, I'd fucking eat the shit out of the bag of those right now. <laughs> So there you go. So we can still represent Wow Chips. Hey. Wow Chips, if you're still around somewhere, and I don't suspect that you are. <laughs> um, what, what would you want to be our sponsor? If we could that have any sponsor. Digression. Volvo. Volvo. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll take Lexus. Because I get a Lexus. Well, I prefer a Volvo. I feel like I just outed myself as a... Well, I'm, I'm not going to say it. Because <laughs> I want to represent Lexus. Japanese <laughs> businessman? <laughs> I got a Lexus Coupe. 
because I wanted one that looked like the Batmobile. Uh-huh. And I finally had money after driving a 12-year-old Honda Accord for the last four years and Nothing being the wrong. mockery of everyone Nothing. on the Goldberg staff. Nothing wrong with a Honda Accord. Actually, it wasn't a Honda Accord. It was a Honda Accent, now that I remember. Hyundai Accent. Hyundai. Oh, well, then. Yeah, so that's <laughs> much well, more. Kumail had his Hyundai Accent until uh, six months ago. Really? Yeah. Uh, how it's old a car it? that lasts for Oh, it. sure. Hyundai makes the yeah. crap out of their cars, yeah. but it's not. Wait, I think we just found our new sponsor. Yeah, Hyundai, definitely. <laughs> Although I, I prefer free Lexus. Hyundai so. like Sunday. That's hey, that's how you pronounce it in America. Don't help them yet. In uh, the UK, it's Hyundai. Don't don't stop saying it. <laughs> then again, Hyundai. in the UK, they say Z instead of Z, which I get. But you know on. what? Hey, everybody, uh, tweet us and let us know what sponsor you want. <laughs> you think we should have? And then you know what? Don't even do that. Just tweet at sponsors, <laughs> random sponsors. Just say, "Hey, <laughs> Casper, I'd like to use the <laughs> promo code Next Conversation when I buy my mattress." That's not a real promo code. Don't put it in. Hey, Apple. How about Apple? We use a lot of Apple stuff. Anyone? They don't. No. No. They don't have to. Why would they? I don't know. Where were we? Stuff thrown out of the holiday. Oh, so this is the second part of his uh, his uh, his uh, email is about um, stuff thrown out of the holodeck. We were sort of saying the guys walk out at the end, Tyranny and the other guy, and they disappear. And then you had raised in a in a previous. in a previous encounter at Farpoint, that Wesley walks out, but he's still wet, and, and yeah. Picard walks out, he's still got the lipstick on. Yeah. So his theory is that that uh, whether it's dematerialized when it walks out of the ho- uh, the holodeck is tied to the safety protocols. So he says stuff thrown out of the holodeck either remains solid or are dematerialized, depending on their danger to passing crewmen as a c- primary concern and as a secondary concern, which cleanup methods are the most efficient. I don't buy it. Yeah, it seems a little bit thin. I'm going to go with my theory of as, as as far as the hollow emitters can reach. So I think they can go out into the hallway for sure, but that's about it. You know what? I'll back you up on that, pal. Thanks, buddy. All right. Here's a little prime corrective for you, and we have a new theme for it. I love a new theme. Let's hear it. That's incredibly jazzy. <laughs> if you could re-record that and add what I imagine to be Commander Riker's trombone, please do. Um, he has a simpler one. Um, oh no! Oh no! Oh no! He couldn't. No. He can never. Was, he can never get it right. I guys. can never get it right. Andy, uh, you have one more week to get it right, and then I take over all sound. You're just saying that because I'm playing everything on mono. <laughs> yeah, it's really pretty annoying. <laughs> All right. Chris Reynolds uh, says, Dear Matt and Andy, loving the podcast. I believe you were in error uh-huh. by assuming that the character of Waylon um, was a member of the crew and actually in Starfleet. he is. Ne- I think this was perhaps my mistake. He is never referred to by rank or station just as a history or fiction expert. Also, be very out of character for Captain Picard to not know the name of every person serving under him, which struck me as weird, by the way. Um, and he had to get help for, to recall Whalen's name. I believe that Whalen is actually the ship's school history teacher. Ah, uh, sincerely, Chris in Detroit. I like that. That's a that's a prime corrective I can live with. 
Uh, here's another letter. Uh, you guys have hit your stride. Sounds good, and I love your breakdown on the story pacing and structure of the episodes in particular uh, and TNG season in general. Oh, and Andy is absolutely correct about the Crusher skirt gag. It only works if the other woman is a hooker. Happy TNG, <laughs> Evan Selinsky. That's not uh, a prime corrective. Well, he's they're correcting you. I just wanted to put it in the prime No, he's not correcting me. He's just telling me that I'm wrong. Uh-huh. Well, we'll see about that. Sarah Perry says, Hi, Matt and Andy. I'm the same age as Matt and have been watching uh, SDTNG since it's... Uh, sorry, not just... Yeah, no, it is SDTNG. Since the first run, run, oh, God, what is wrong with me? I've probably seen, if this was edited, then all this would be gone. I thought, uh-huh. that's, the, that's the level of uh, difficulty I'm working against uh-huh. here. Sure. I've probably seen the big goodbye at least 20 times over the years. I have this weird rule that I never skip an episode, and oh. I always watch from episode uh, one season Even You one. even watch Schisms? That episode freaks me out too much. All the way through to the end. I know it's weird. And I only uh, bring this up, uh, Matt, because um, someone else had tweeted and asked me, Mm -hmm. should I watch the episodes before or after? And should I be skipping both Uh things? And I said, my my feeling would be to not skip. Just go through it like I'm going through oh, it. Oh, you should be along for the slog, guys. You think, and, you think I wanted to watch the big goodbye last week? And listen after. Listen to us after. Yeah, that's the way to... But it's also... I subscribe to the theory that you don't have to have watched the episode to enjoy the podcast. I agree with that. But Even if you're if going you, if to If you have watch, a vague memory of it, then it's Sure. Be we do people clips and explain. But uh, if you're going to watch, then... Yeah. And then uh, Sarah Perry says to us, uh, Anyways, ever since I can remember, I've always assumed that that woman... Dr. Credit next to in the police station is a prostitute. Wow. Actually, I think it's pretty obvious. I don't know even know why. Maybe I have a talent for spotting prostitutes. I can explain why. If you do, you should head to the Wynn. That seems to be the most prostitute-heavy hotel in Las Vegas. <laughs> I don't know what that is. You were just pointed out to tourists. I was just Hey, there, are you yeah. looking for a prostitute? There. 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 Um, do you feel like you can spot them? Uh, I feel like if you're playing a uh, slot machine alone at two o'clock in the morning, they, <laughs> they spot you. <laughs> What's their approach? What do they say? Uh, they sit, they usually will sit down next to you or they'll come up behind you. Uh, my favorite of the, uh, of all of them was, uh, they ask uh, where my friends are and then, uh, I say bed and then they say, uh, you want to have some fun or something like that? And I go, no, I'm playing slot machines. And then the, the my favorite one so far was the woman that said, well, a slot machine can't make you come. And I <laughs> said to her, depends on how big the jackpot is. Nice! If that woman wasn't a prostitute, you would have charmed the pants off her. <laughs> Didn't need to. She wasn't wearing any. Um, Carolyn Bergstrand says, hi, Matt and Andy. Uh, I came up with a different one. Says, um, also another good name for a book. Just a couple of thoughts to share. Pretty sure Waylon has some other boring jobs on the ship, like he has to probably check all the Jeffries tubes for light bulbs that need replacing, or he has to start the Roombas going in the kids' carpeted classrooms at the end of the school day. And then she also says, "Yes, that lady was so obviously a prostitute." Duh, guys, I never saw it. I uh, never saw it. But I described it to you, and you mocked me and said, like, "Nope, obvious. wrong, disagree." Typical, Myra, superior manner. It's not superior. It's just that good podcasts are born of conflict. All right. Fair enough. Um, All right. Then we have a a voice uh, mail from Paul Suda. 
and here it is. I mean, we have a, a recorded hail. A recorded hail. Oh, you're right. We have a subspace subspace communique from the Admiral. Thank you. Hey, man, Andy. It's Paul Suda again from Los Angeles, California. Um, I'm uh, writing in, talking in again talking to respond in. to Brian's comment from last Sounds week. Sounds like he's in a car. On the uh, Big Goodbye episode. Oh, you go, guys. FYI, uh, Brian uh, was one of our listeners who I think is a regular listener. He had, And he seemed to be into the podcast, even though he kind of raked us over the coals. Oh, Brian, many of his, who, Brian who hates us but suggests topics for right. us. Right. Yeah. But, but he, uh, many of his points, in my opinion, were valid. Um, and, uh, and I got to say, we had a lot of positive uh, responses, um, you know, sort of responding to that and saying that they liked the critiques and they liked the tone and it was very nice and supportive. Oh, we don't. Paul yeah. seems to be amongst that don't, group. Uh, I, I would say don't jump on people who... No, no, we're like not telling you to podcast. jump on anybody. Um, here we go. ...for airing out some of the uh, less favorable commentary on your podcast. Way to go, guys. And uh, Brian had some valid points, I admit. But here, Brian, Brian, you got to check yourself a little bit here. I mean, it's we're getting into the meta here where you're criticizing a podcast for not having its format together while it's criticizing a TV show for not having its format together. It's <laughs> deep. And it gets a little insidery here, but here's the thing, Brian, and you probably know what I'm going to say already. Basically, no one is counting on Matt and Andy to have a super slick podcast. <laughs> I mean, we don't love it, true. but this is a television show that has, what, 10 times or more the audience of any new television show that comes out now people were counting on these writers to make this television show really good and it seems that what we're watching episode by episode is that it was total chaos and uh, another shout out to the fans out there watch Chaos on the Bridge the documentary about the first three seasons of Next Generation and how crazy it was behind the scenes and uh, the other thing I think that the, the kind of the heart of the matter of the disconnect between what Brian's talking about and I think what Matt and Andy are trying to get to the heart of is that making television is like making a sausage. And maybe, audience out there, if you're not interested in the nitty gritties of how this stuff gets made and just want to enjoy your Star Trek... This might not be the podcast for you. <laughs> but if, you if you're already tolerating us, keep listening. Yeah, don't, don't, don't tune out. And put under the light of, uh, you know, professional scrutiny. Don't listen to then, uh, it. I don't know why I played this. Star Trek over again. <laughs> no, starting with season three. Oh, and number, number two, yeah. or number three, whatever yeah, it is. If you listen from season three. Uh, listen every week. Brian, don't talk about Dr. Pulaski. Spoiler alert, we haven't gotten there yet. That's I mean, true. I've gotten there. I've watched the damn show. But, like, dude, we're not there yet. And lay off of Dr. Pulaski. She did a good job. I agree. They still hadn't found their stride. There was still some chaos on the bridge. And, uh, you know, thanks, guys. Thanks for making a fun podcast. And keep doing what you're doing. We will. Whoa. Thank you, Paul. Kind of sounds like I've revised that that to thinking. It sounds like he's on a highway. He's kind of walking along the highway. <laughs> no, Paul, it sounds to me like he's outside of an office building. Oh, I see. He's, he's got like, a real job. He's like, I got to take a constitutional. Yeah, he doesn't necessarily have a real job. We have fake jobs. We walk outside of our office building. Paul, if you need someone to walk outside and smoke with, I have a feeling my co-host will be happy to. Hi. To do it at any point. I thought I really feel like that's the basis of our friendship. I just didn't spot it. I thought it was because because uh, Matt would always go, "Hey, you want to take a walk?" <laughs> then I eventually realized he just needs a, a unit of flesh to walk next to him while he smokes. I don't though. I can do it on my own. 
trying to cut down everybody. <laughs> okay, story wonders. Um, and then in res- response to uh, Brian's uh, email, and I just felt uh, I, I had to I had to read this. Um, he writes appendant replies. Um, he wrote an appendix to his own email. No, it's like a like pedantic. Um, I would expect a professional pendant who pulls up uh, people on the incorrect use of less and fewer, which he did last week, to know the difference between gleam, flash of beam light, or glean to gather. Brian's use was incorrect in his phrase, can gleam meaning from context, unless this was just Andrew mispronouncing Brian's which email. Which very well could have been. Cause or did that's... Andrew do it on purpose to very subtly troll Brian, in which case, <laughs> well played, sir. It regards Michael Syme. I hope that is. Um, and uh, I just need to admit that uh, I uh, did misspeak. I know the difference between gleam and glean. It is not on Brian. It is on me. Classic Andy. Um, and uh, I think it's only fair that he not go down. And then our last email. Yeah. Um, I could save for the next podcast if you want to get moving. It's no, not, no, it's not podcast you have specific. Up. Go ahead. Um, Joseph McDonough writes. Joe McDonough, my dear friend, Joe McDonough, one of my best friends on the whole planet, one of the best men at my wedding, Joe McDonough. It's that's the one. Oh Andy. boy! Well, I'm assuming it is Andy reading these because you read them on the podcast. <laughs> Correct, Joe. <laughs> you would never catch Matthew hearing them unless I read them to him. So very true. If, if like the president, you need to get through the mailroom to some important thing. Make make that clear. Um, my name is Joe, and Matt, Matt is one of my best friends. Hearing Matt talk about one of our oh, trips, Joe is next to me on the golf cart. On the golf cart. In the golf cart. Oh, really? That's in Joe. the Goldbergs episode. The Joe that goes, oh, Interesting. shit. Well, the, the go- they haven't seen that till. Like oh, they haven't seen there. it. Oh, spoiler. Sorry. <laughs> this is going to be an, an episode where you can see Matt. Um, and it's his episode that he wrote. Mm-hmm. Uh, hearing Matt talk about one of our trips to the Star Trek experience in Las Vegas reminded me of the photo on my desk. <laughs> Attached to this email, you will see Matt in Picard's chair on the bridge of the Enterprise. It is, I got to tell you, folks. It's the nerdiest thing you've ever seen in Amazing. Life. So if I can, if I can convince uh, oh, Matthew. Tweet it out. I don't care. Tweet we, it will, out. we will put it out For on, sure. our, on our on our Instagram. It's, uh, is, uh, let me ask you the following question. Which one did he send? Is it the one where uh, there's three of us? No, just the two just of you. two of us? Okay. Yeah. That's great. I think it is. Because we went out again, and then his brother, John, the other best man at my wedding. Uh, oh, wow. You're really friends with that family. Flew out. I got to say, it is amazing. What they is were, all they're, this? They're my, second, they're my second family. I lived with them for a little while after my parents moved to Florida. What is all the terrifying white dust beneath you? <laughs> Oh, that's just from the photo print. Oh, it's a photo print. It looks like some there's some horrible alien. That is, <laughs> it's like a sign that Matt, Matt is actually an alien. That's the bridge. It's so amazing. God, being on that bridge. Yeah, people tweeted, oh, God, they're so envious of that description. It really... That was my reaction. I hope I did it justice. I hope I painted a, a, a good enough picture for people. I haven't even hit the, the best part of the series, and I'm already jealous. You should be. Anyway, that was Hailing Frequencies, folks. Frequencies closed, sir. Sir, sir, sir. That's so. That's it's very so ominous. ominous. Yeah, it's just so. like, oh no. I appreciate Christopher Clement's uh, effect, but if anybody wants to do one that's slightly less ominous, <laughs> ominous, feel free. Um, let's get into it, pal. Oh boy, let's buckle up for Captain's Log. Captain's Log, Stardate four one two four two point four. 
Our last assignment has taken us into the remote Omicron Theta star system, home of our android crew member, Lieutenant Commander Data. Although we do it our next assignment, I have decided to visit Data's home planet for a few hours in the hopes of unraveling some of the mystery of his beginnings. I don't know why they got louder, but <laughs> it did. Well, I guess it's good. Sounds clear. Um, so, yeah, we're going to Omicron, Omicron Theta. This is really... It's so funny to me watching rewatching these kinds of episodes because I know Data's backstory. I know Omicron Theta, so it's it's like when they're discovering these things about Data, I'm just like, come on, you guys, you didn't know that? Right. Come on, characters. Well, I didn't. You didn't know the things I knew? No. Uh, also, it's good information about Data in this one. We get all this sort of, we get all of Data's backstory. It's really great. We get the lore of Data. That's that's where the title. See, that's what they did. I imagine that's what they. That's probably why they. That's what they did. Yeah, that's what they did. You can tell. Clever. It was Gene Roddenberry's one of the credited with the teleplay here. He probably made the ending bad. <laughs> Don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think uh, you know what I forgot to do is how we normally do everything. I'm going to tell you the time it aired and he's gonna then tell me what the number one song was i didn't want to call it out uh because it felt yeah it's totally apropos uh so guys this episode aired the 18th of january 1988 it was a good time to be alive the number one song in the world was probably pretty cool but not as earwormy as last week's got my mind set on you by george harrison the number one song was uh, The Way You Make Me Feel by Michael Jackson. Oh, I might be wrong. That might be more earwormy than the... Uh... Oh, I don't have it. I don't... We should have me. a Place on Earth by Belinda Carlisle still hanging in at number one in the UK. Uh, Those Brits. I they think that... Love Belinda Carlisle. Uh, make me feel... Then I can read the whole thing. Oh, come on. I'm in podcast. Should we work this out before? We we should from now on, I think. But I think what everybody loves about our uh, program is the fact that we don't work it out. (laughs) I I wonder when that patience will run out. Uh, Hey, FYI, while we have a little break in the in the in the action, yeah. Um. If anybody has an opinion of should we move the emails to the end. Um, you think someone has an opinion of that? Or even have a separate podcast for it. Um, as a, Just tweet us or write us. Tweet us, write us, do everything you can. It's definitely got a catchy beat. I'm not going to have much more to say. This reminds me of the uh, slot machine I played in Vegas this weekend. Michael Jackson slot machine. What determines which slot machine you're going to go to, Matthew? As long as it's a licensed property that I recognize, I'll I'll give it a whirl. Anything. Yeah. That's why I was playing the Game of Thrones one. Data Lore, uh, production number 114, start date 41242.4, directed by Rob Bowman. Uh, teleplay by Robert Levin, I'm oh, sorry, Robert Lewin and Gene Roddenberry. Story by Robert Lewin and Maurice Hurley. Oh, we get the reappearance of Lieutenant Commander Argyle. 
Yep. And uh, let's make sure the Michael Jackson estate doesn't sue us as I fade this out. Um, <laughs> um, here's your here's your uh, synopsis from the Star Trek The Next Generation Companion Revised Edition. Data experiences an almost human expectancy when the Enterprise returns to his home planet and Omicron Theta to discover the secret behind the dif- disappearance of its 411 colonists 26 years before. An away team finds the lab of the reclusive Dr. Noonien Sung, a renegade Earth scientist who originally built a twin of Data's named Lore. Over time, the crew learns that Lore was disassembled at the demand of the colonists for being too perfect. Data was the second model. Lore's disassembled parts are found, rebuilt, and reanimated aboard the ship, but the reason for the android's original disassembly soon becomes clear. He turns Data off and assumes his identity. He then summons the huge, life-draining crystal entity that destroyed the colony years before after being lured there by him as revenge for his disassembly. Wesley senses the switch, but no one listens to him until it's almost too late. Finally, his mother learns the truth and reactivates Data, but by then, the crystalline being is almost upon the ship. The two androids fight each other in the cargo bay until Lore is thrown into a wide dispersal transporter beam. The crystalline being now has no contact with the Enterprise, and it departs. I didn't catch that. That's what they do to Lore at the end? Do they just disperse him? They... uh uh, they beam him to whatever the coordinates were that uh, were in the transporter before. Crazy town. Well, so where, According to Wesley, what is it? Data's gone. I mean, lore's gone for good, sir. Um, um, it hadn't occurred to me because there's a lot of things. FYI, throughout this series, yeah. it is so clear that they are Lord of the Rings fans. And lore's relationship to the snowflake uh, creature. <laughs> yes. Is a hundred percent Gollum's relationship to Shelob. He he brings stuff to it. It's this giant, uh, imposing force oh. um, that that wants to consume people. I don't know what Shelob was. Thank you for telling me. It's the giant spider. Again, I don't remember a giant spider. I know you don't care, even though you were playing the Game of Thrones. Was slot the giant machine. was the giant spider in the movie? Yes, it was in Two, two Towers, which is the second one. The second one. Hmm. It. It sort of is creeping along. Remember, they do it really fast, and then Sam looks up, and it and it kind of hides. It's kind of a funny moment, even though it's somewhat illogical. Shelob just would have ripped its head off. Right. I mean, that's what you're describing to me. Yeah. Uh, so uh, my first thing is the Achu scene. Do you want to... By the way, Lore was originally a female android. Huh. A non-lookalike love interest for Data. Her job was to go out and repair dangerous situations. And But she was still evil? Uh... It was Spiner who suggested the old evil twin concept. Oh, I wonder why. <laughs> hey, guys. Guys, what if I did both? Just a thought. What uh, if I show myself to I'd be, like to be an amazing actor? I'd like to two parts. I don't think he was. Uh, because of the delays caused by rewrites, Rob Bowman landed the segment instead of its predecessor, switching with Joe Scanlon when the two stories traded places in the shooting schedule. Though he regretted losing a chance to direct the good, bo- good, the big goodbye, Bowman and Spiner met the challenge of data lore and its troubled history head on. They produced a winner, thanks in no small part to an extra eighth day of shooting, and to Spiner's virtuosity in the dual row. So good, eight days of shooting. Sure, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. We do five. Yep. Sometimes we get forced to do a sixth. Um. Often. 
Um, yeah, I think Brent Spiner is amazing in this episode. Uh, he does a he does a he. Not a fan. Despite, Something's going on here. No, no, no. I'm saying that despite the hackneyed sort of like double that they throw in there every so often. Oh, yes. The the, the limited effects at the yeah. time. Yes. He comes across as two completely different characters. A hundred percent. Yep. Um, and also, at a, you know, at a certain point, one of them pretending to be the other one. Right. So he's playing that. Yeah. Which is layered upon layered. It's like it's the, really it's the seven layer dip of acting. It, it really is. If that should be one of our awards at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Who wins the seven layer dip of acting? Brent Spiner wins the seven layer dip of acting. Um, okay. Let's listen to Data Sneeze. All right. Ah. Uh, uh. Data. Chew! What are you doing? Sneezing. Have you got a cold? A cold what? It's a disease my mom says people used to get. People ah. used to get. Sure. But humans still sneeze for other reasons. And I cannot Is a cold a right. disease? It's true. It's uh, a good question. Let's uh, find out. How can you be practicing something like sneezing or is it a virus? when we're arriving at your home planet for the first time? Aren't you interested in that? More than interested, fascinated. One might say a god, but I also find sneezing interesting. Chew! <laughs> Chew! It's, it's a viral infectious disease yeah, of the right. upper rep- right, rep- well, respiratory I'll tract. never question Wesley again. Don't question the genius. I think we're all learning slowly but surely never <laughs> to question Wesley Crusher. It's being painted with a very light and subtle hand. <laughs> I think that the episodes that um that have uh Wesley as the hero are often you'll find Gene Roddenberry's hand in there. If you go to memoryalpha.com, which is the greatest place ever for uh Star Trek information, you'll see a photo of the three doubles of Brent Spiner. They don't have the money to sponsor us, do they? No, it's a wiki. Oh, it's community generated. <laughs> That's disappointing. But that's cool, right? What is it? It's the three doubles. The three stunt doubles. Oh, cool. Wait a minute. Which one is... Oh, I see. No, wait. Which one is Brent Spiner on the left? What do you oh, mean? Oh, none of them. Are, oh, they're all None doubles. of them are Brent Spiner. I see. No, gotcha. no. <laughs> I said it was the three doubles, Andy. Guys, I have face blindness. I should let oh, that is out. true. <laughs> yeah, Andy has face blindness. I see all people in white paint with the same hair as the same. You're not wrong. Uh, fun fact, kids. Deanna Troy, not in this episode. Oh, right. Yep. Kind of kind of don't miss her? Is that a mean thing to say? Well, I mean, you don't miss her in this episode because the story didn't call for her. All right. I think you'd miss her in an episode where it would be very useful to have an empath. I not, feel like there's a couple of episodes. in a machine. A hundred percent. Oh, well, well, yeah. But she could have been there. She, you know, what would have been interesting is to deal with her as like... I can't sense his emotions, or would she be able to sense Laura's emotions? He has emotion. Uh, I think they're because they're manufactured. I don't think it's an interesting question. I don't think that he she ever does. Well, let's say for the plot purposes, you had not had her be able to uh, sense Laura's emotions because as he's synthetic, um, you could have had her with her superior understanding of behavior. 
be able to the one who kind of figures it out or at least helps well, to. Well, I think that what's obvious is the person with the most uh, complete understanding of behavior is Wesley Crusher. Well, that certainly is what it points to, unless there is a theory that counteracts that. Well, we'll see later. But we will. Right now, I just wanted to say a few more things about this episode, Andy. Okay. Uh, there's some continuity errors. I was like a good continuity error. Sure. Ready? Okay. This is the uh, costume blooper involving Data's rank. When the away team is examining the child drawings displayed in the lab, Data has a full commander's rank. Moments later, when talking about Dr. Soong's workstation, Data's rank returns to the proper Lieutenant Commander Insignia. Man. Boy, was the audience laughing when they saw so that. So silly on them. First okay. time we see Data's quarters there this episode as well. Um, It'll go over. Interesting. It'll, it changes a bit, but not very much. I don't really have a clip to show in the next scene when uh, Data well, goes and good, looks at his... Well, people are listening. Not, we're not showing. It is, well, I don't know. Clip two. It's play. Uh-huh. Oh, Jesus. When Data looks at... When Data's <laughs> looking at... You're calling me what? out on... It's a level, <laughs> that adjustment was the level of calling out the insignia on Data. Uh-huh. Um, Data steps forward dramatically. He looks at Wes and Jordy and then back at Picard and then almost says something and doesn't. Um, and I think even the this, the uh, the plot summary um, um, indicates it. It seems like he's feeling emotion here. It does. And then Otherwise, it what's going like, on? Is he it also seems it? like he. The, I liked that move of him stepping back, like because he's. I felt like that was data going like, oh, I'm where the captain should be. I can't be in front of the captain in front of the view screen. But this raises two different questions. One is, is he ever not aware of what he's doing like that? And two, is he ever feeling emotion? Because he often does seem to be reacting as though he's he offended. He eventually feels emotion when he gets his emotion chip. I understand. That was the big d- distinction. So what what's going on here? You know, I think that Data is... Is he pretending? I think Data is masterfully observant of human behavior and picks up on cues and... But I feel like if you're pretending if to you be... want to poke holes in everything that data is doing like uh-huh. that that is a little not android like then uh-huh. i mean it's ridiculous throughout the series he's he's smirking he's uh you know uh embarrassed he's you know it's just you see these flashes of things all the time and i think part of that's the portrayal of the character and i think part of that's also the writing of the character but i at the end of the day, I think there is there, there is maybe something to data where he has a little more uh, emotion than he realizes. Well, then let me just skip to my next question about his memories, because he says, uh, I mean, I can go to it, but... Mr. Data, welcome home. I just wanted to play that. <laughs> nice. Uh, by the way, all through the top half of this show, great Act breaks like great cold open teaser. You know, I, was, I was thinking of you when I great. was watching this one. I Every was like, single time, Andy's right on the money. All of these, uh, really impressive storytelling up until the last third. Yeah. Um. Um. So two twenty three. What did you want? I can probably play it. I got it. I can do it. I'm not an idiot. Oh boy, guys, <laughs> he's realizing what I'm doing. Sweet applies. It usually refers to memories. It usually refers to one's own memories, Captain. Do the memories you have include farms, Data? Affirmative, sir. But the colony's principal interest was science. 
Data, I don't understand how you can hold the memories of 411 people. If that means every experience, every day of their life. It does not, unfortunately. It means only the knowledge they had accumulated. Actually, I'm quite deficient in some basic human information. Sneezing, for example. Sneezing. Um, Sneezing. So what I don't what he so he said is he saying it's not all of their knowledge because he just got it up until the point that they were da- the memories were downloaded to him no or is he I saying he saying only has parts of their memories has parts of their memories he well, only that has would whatever make more sense. whatever soon could pull out and scan <sighs> over he has logs he has full logs of them mm-hmm. um, which certainly makes more sense based on how later he acts. right um, yeah. But it's also like it appears that Data was never, you know, at this point anyway in storytelling, it feels it appears that Data was never activated. What do you mean? It appears that he was not activated. He's active now. No, I mean like at the time that the colonists were around. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. So they just gave him the memories. Yeah. And assumed he would work. How does he remember then where he was based well, on the, as I guess I said, the logs? Man, I don't know. He's probably the logs. <laughs> yeah, oh, sure. I it like a log weird. every he now and then. He does point and say, I was over there. Yeah, I was found right here, but he remembers from the point he was woken up. Yeah. What, is he woken up on the planet? He's woken up on the planet, turned on. They okay, talk right. about it in. Found, right, yeah, I remember now. Okay. It's all coming back. It's all coming back to him now. So uh, going to the. Uh, to the top of Act One, when they go down to the planet, yep. uh, I will say that the sets look fake, um, but it gives me a comforting, nostalgic feeling. It really is. Uh, I enjoy them. Oh, the rock walls at the rock walls. I think yes, it's because it, it harkens back so much to uh, original series. You know, I wish they would do, which I liked a lot uh, in this, and this is later in the episode. But I like when the Forge comes back onto the bridge after having studied the crystalline entity with his visor. Because he goes to get a real look at it. He's going down to 10 forward? Where is he going? He's probably going to the observation lounge or whatever angle he can get. Deck 2 is some good observation. And you're saying you like it? I do. Why? Because he's using his visor. Right. Which I feel like... I mean, I feel like you'd have a filter you could probably put on your view screen to (laughs) check like... Well, I feel like they were sort of trying to imply that that visor is more advanced, although I'm not yes. sure what the reasoning is. Uh, probably because it can input so much more information than a computer can handle because it's going into a brain. Oh, interesting. So it's like sort of like how there's nothing that can duplicate the uh, the capacity of the human eye. Right. Hmm. Well, you can. It's What is it, 120 megapixels? Oh, really? Have they and determined that? Yeah. Oh, well. well. We're obsolete. <laughs> um, Let's talk about how many datas there are. Okay. How many more datas are there? Looks like just these two. <clears throat> I mean that and the real data. What do you think of this music? Uh, I think that there's a lot of score on this that was amazing. And the... The scary parts are not the amazing parts. Can this be another me? Or possibly my brother? This is emotion. He's he's emoting. He sure does seem to be. He needs assembling. He. Data. We don't know that this can become alive. It is very important for me to know that, sir. 
I never dreamed it was possible that I might find some link with a form like my own. Understood. We'll take it back to the ship with us. Okay. So, oh, and for the record, uh, according to uh, some calculations done, uh, the human eye, uh, 576 megapixels. Mm-hmm. Which is very uh, accomplishable. Eventually it will be, sure. Oh, it's not now? Uh, I mean, I don't know how... I don't know. My, my, my iPhone's, what, 10, 12? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, then we're still winning. <laughs> For now. Our robot overlords are miles away from taking over. Um, uh, I just had a couple. Of, my main thing in this whole section is... Uh, here's a 570-pixel uh, <laughs> digital camera. 570-megapixel digital camera. All right. Then it's over. Oh, well, it's giant. It's yeah. not very mobile, so I think that we're still winning. We're still okay, guys. Yeah. We're still okay. Until you see that camera walking down the street. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> Inferior beings. Exterminate. <laughs> Everything sounds like a Dalek when it's evil. Um, uh, so they go to the planet. There's yep. a hidden thing in the rock face. Jordy is saying that they must have, you know, uh, they must have uh, abandoned uh, data there. And, and it's just like there's a million signs. <laughs> they find the kids' drawings on the wall, which, by the way, Another thing that they constantly refer to without referring to in these uh, in these shows, I've, I've, in my opinion, is aliens. Wait, what? They oh, the, the movie. kids' drawings, aliens. the I'm colonists. Sorry. They I'm go. Sorry. There's all this ominous stuff. They go down to <laughs> the planet. You were oh, just not trying aliens. to sorry. tell no, me. No, no, no. <laughs> You're right. I didn't specify. No, but I just thought you were Jim telling Cameron's me. aliens. Yeah, but I thought you were like telling me Star Trek had nothing to do with aliens, and I was just like, what, what, what is he watching? <laughs> what is happening? Who is this co-host? <laughs> I've been watching the Mary Tyler Moore show. That was what we're supposed to be doing, right? Oh, dear. Um, um, so uh, they, they find these kids drawing. Oh, first of all, the aliens thing is that they know that all these colonists have disappeared mysteriously. Right. Yeah, that's a big indication. There are these ominous, terrifying drawings by children on the walls, which, but, again, is I mean, similar wh- to aliens. Why aren't they, like, the investigations that they're doing, shouldn't they have been done by the ship that found data? That is also very true. It's like they just sort of took data and then left. Oh, I guess they didn't find the uh, the hidden thing that Jordy found in the rocks. I feel like a tricorder could have probably told them that. That's probably true, but let's assume. Okay, fine. We'll assume. It was hidden by something. Um, but uh, I guess my main point is why is everyone so quick? And then later in the next scene, like everyone's so quick to go. Like Riker says, yes, this is a good idea. I understand. Let's take him up. Let's take him up. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, um, let me see. Where is it? Did want to take back to the ship? I already have that. Um, here, 1440. You want to go to that yourself? 1420. I'd be happy to, but not until I play this first in okay. chronological order. Okay. I would like to hear the discussion Argyle trying to talk to Data about taking him apart. <laughs> oh, that's good. Signal from the captain. They need you at the debriefing. I've been most anxious to hear the chief engineer's opinion, Mr. Argyle. Do you believe he can be made to function? 
It appears to include all the components in your body. Not that we fully understand your construction either. We have our top specialists working on its construction, Mr. Data. Uh, just one thing. Without disassembling you, of course, uh, if we should need more to... If we should need to compare this with the way you're put together... Data just nods and walks off. Yeah. Not that we understand your construction either, Data. Where to, Mac? <laughs> the characterization. Oh, that, that led me to a mini Andy's theory that I'm not going to play the theme for. I'm right, play it later. It's a miniature Andy's theory? Um, I don't have to play the theme every Ladies time. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a mini Andy's theory. I think that uh, that Argyle walked off the uh, the... <laughs> The holodeck. I think he was from the he's Dixon. From, he's from a Dixon Hill novel. From a Dixon Hill novel, and uh, something went wrong, and he was just like, "Ah, oh, the only way I'm going to survive is if I just sort of blend in as well as I can." What if someone was in the holodeck watching Batman Returns? <laughs> I want to put that guy on the deck. And his character walked out. It's very strange casting for the chief engineer. Even though I love the guy, it's he's the way he should have been just a schmo, not a, not the chief engineer. Well, I I find it odd that they didn't think they would need to use the chief engineer very much in this series. By the way, let me play this. Um, oh, come on, computer. Hello, computer. Oh, uh, let me play this later. A uh, little uh, snippet of uh, of Argyle in a later scene. Are you certain about us using these heating devices, Data? <laughs> Listen to that voice. I will feel nothing at all. Marvelous. It should all be a lot simpler once we see how your circuitry is connected. <laughs> see? <laughs> yeah, see? We're going to take a pot. See? I'm going to burn you with this little torch. See? <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's the other thing. So he's saying... It's, yeah, bringing, it's, bringing it up is the right thing to do. You yeah. want to hear the rest? Or no, no. Go, you can keep going. Data that if your duplicate functions, it may answer a lot of questions. That's the reason that there everyone disappeared from this planet. They, there, you know. Here was here was my my writing fix to this. They should have had lore. I don't know what the chronology was. I guess they must have just disconnected him. Uh, of what the chronology of what of when uh, lore? What was the deal? Lore. Basically, fed all the all the people, all the colonists to the to the Shelob. Uh, this I don't thing. understand because it's and like, then how did they revenge? trap him? I, I don't understand because he was I don't know, he's no. What I mean is like I don't understand how he did it as revenge for being disassembled. How he did it as a disassembled android. Well, that's the thing. That's the weird chronology, and that's, I have to assume that he saw it rub. coming. And he maybe led the thing, and then they realized that there was a big trouble. That's why the kids drew pictures of the snowflake, and then they were like, "We got to turn this guy off." But so that would my theory would be: What if they weren't children? What if they were the entire colony was terrible at drawing? (laughs) Shouldn't we just leave stuffing in the logs? No, no, I, I got these. These art... Can't uh, we just use the scans that we're taking? No, I got these art... I just replicated all these art uh, supplies. I really want to get them used. I just took this test where I drew a turtle and a parrot. <laughs> I'm really good at this. Don't worry. A turtle, a turtle, a parrot, and a pirate. This Remember will, that? Send away sure. for your free drawing sure. test. This will be so much, uh, so much more effective than just saying what it is <laughs> in a log. <laughs> ah, a computer's going to be deleted. Uh, we draw this picture. It's always going to be. Well, that leads me to what I, I feel like should have been the writing solution to this. They should have had uh, Lore change the logs to make it seem like everybody else went crazy or something like that. 
and uh, and then they would have put him back. It would have been more reason why they would have put him back together because he would have seemed like an okay guy. But this way, it's like he's the only one, the only person left in this giant catastrophe. Wouldn't they have some suspicion before they brought a freaking hugely powered, incredibly intelligent android up to the Enterprise, guys? Andy is getting real heated about what they did on Omicron Theta. It's really driving me crazy. But I want to listen to that commercial from Art Instruction Schools. <laughs> Part of what makes our podcast great. Remember that music? <laughs> this, is what, this is what's happening on Omicron Theta. Do you like to draw or paint <laughs> or maybe just sketch and doodle? Well, if you do, sketch and doodle. I think that's Argyle. Serious art student. To find out, simply call toll-free, and Art Instruction Schools will send you this enjoyable art test. There's no cost or obligation. Take the test at home in your spare time Uh and mail it to us when you're done. Terry, we can hire a professional actor to do this. No, I'm going to do it. Call our toll-free number today for your free art test. I don't know how to say this, Terry. I don't know if you have the right voice for this. No, it's good. I just put on the suit and I'll stand over here. To get your free art test without cost or obligation. I'll just tell them about the the pirate. It's just a little bit. No, but I think that that the world of drawing is so exciting. You have a disturbing accent. I don't know. Disturbing. I just think that the world of drawing is so fun that people could call our toll-free number. Oh. I just right. wish I had this betting music so I could be this guy all the time. <laughs> Andy, I think you could draw. <laughs> and we're back. Um, wait, see, no way in. Does we're, it appear to have... Um, we're in the observation lounge. All your parts? Completely, sir. Even your dick. <laughs> is that what he means? I think so. <laughs> what is that relevant? <laughs> well, we all heard in 10 Forward how you fucked Tasha that time oh. we were all crazy. <laughs> all right. Legitimate questions about any of this need not be asked apologetically. You feel uncomfortable about aspects of your duplicate data. We feel uncomfortable too, and for no logical reason. If it feels awkward to be reminded that data is a machine, just remember that we are merely a different variety of machine. In our case, electrochemical in nature. Let's begin to handle this as we would do anything else. Agreed, Captain. Let's begin with you. Riker, Helpful, so Jordan. pleased with the so weird that he knocks on the table. Such a weird As if he to smiles. say huzzah. Right. <laughs> as though, yeah, but, but he just a second ago was acting weird about it so it's like he was waiting for picard to say like he's like i I need to know i'm not the only weirdo here who's feeling it and i need someone to tell me something that will help me like not feel what i'm feeling i feel like you've justified it more than was justified in the scene but i appreciate your justification i I mean i'm just here to justify things this is what i do uh on this podcast keep playing the uh scene the animation commercial oh no don't don't (laughs) keep playing that (laughs) sir. A good starting point may be, why was I given human form? Well, to make it easier for humans to relate to you. Had to be. Jordan but your designer may have something else to prove as well. Or is Android explaining? shaped robots need not be clumsy or limited in their performance. You certainly operate as well as we do, Data. Better in some ways, sir. So, Picard looks offended. You might want to have a look at this, Captain. Could be a link to the discussion. He does. And to me... That is uh, a little bit of slipshod writing because he just gave a speech yes. about how w- they're the same 
Yeah. They're different kinds of machines. And then data says, what is 100%? If not, if not the truth, it's the, an understatement. He's stronger. He thinks faster. He moves faster. They're, he's superior in almost every way except for his emotional capacity. <laughs> so for Picard to be like, mm, well, all right, I guess you're better than me. <laughs> it's like so weird at that point. I think he was like, I did you a solid data. Why are you going to bring this up? <laughs> I guess that's it. It's, that's the look. I think, I think that's data. the look. Yeah. Sir, I found these drawings from babies. Displayed <laughs> in the lab, no doubt, by proud parents. It could be just a child's imagination, but there's no way adults drew this. Similar drawings. Doctor Crusher. I like that crayons are still around in in the twenty fourth century. Play the uh, the Crusher thing. Uh, of course. Oh. Very much need Mr. Data's help. <laughs> He's on his way, Doctor. <laughs> That's Picard rolls his eyes in his... Parents, it could be just a child's imagination, but several again. children did similar drawings. Dr. Crusher to the captain. At this point, sir, we very much need Mr. Data's help. She sounds kind of PO'd, too. I think she's upset she's because uh, she's a medical doctor, not a, not a cyberneticist. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, what the fuck am I doing down here? I did, I did wonder about there that. There are people dying in sick bay. I felt like they were trying to uh, give Beverly something to do here, and so and they didn't want to put it all on Argyle because he's a 1940s New York cop. Um, but I don't know why uh, I don't know why Picard is mad at her anyway. That's a great question. Um, but uh, but also about the uh, the crayons. Um, that is true, and I also wondered. <laughs> What? Is that what bullet this boards look like in the, the future? This is the one from 1980. All these and more can be yours in the wonderful world of art. Here's how you can find Not out. Not surprisingly, they got a new actor. This is the one I remember. You can test your artistic interest right in your own home with this art test from Art Instructor. I just don't think this guy's doing as good a job as I did. I just want to get a hold of that art test. You simply mail it in. Look at the bear. This bear's got a hat. And that's all there is to it. His voice isn't as mellifluous as mine. I believe that they brought back Tom Stewart in the... in the. I saw it over here. Yeah, here's one from 2000. If you ever wanted to develop your artistic it brought abilities, it back. if so, you may already have the interest and desire needed to become a serious art student. Find now, guys, what I'm going to do this time is I'm going to walk through a hallway full of art. Send you this enjoyable art test. That'll show how classy I am. Now, we've helped thousands of aspiring artists become more literally thousands. One guy drew a cat. Was it Jaguar? Actually, it wasn't Jaguar. You become a better artist. Was it Puma? I am delighted by that commercial still existing <laughs> on YouTube. God, that brings Everything back does. every fucking memory I've ever had as a child. Do you think they're still looking at YouTube clips in the 24th century? I think they're looking at holodeck clips. I guess that's true. Uh, they say, I want to I wanna have sex with Brad Pitt or whatever it is. If you'd like to have sex with Brad Pitt, simply send us this free drawing <laughs> test of how you'd have sex with Brad Pitt. <laughs> Which position would you be in? <laughs> this one. Uh, Tony, let's shut it down. What are you asking for? <laughs> I I'm simply know. asking if they want to have sex with Brad Pitt to send us drawings. <laughs> I'm trying to build up our fan base. 
Listen, I can't get hard anymore. The only way I can is people drawing sexual positions that they'd be fucking Brad Pitt in. Look, pal, I really feel like we just... It was an accident I got in. (laughs) We got to call this a day. Well, okay, but I'll just stay here. You guys guys can go. It's just a darkened studio now. I understand, but I still have this fake hallway full of art. Uh, What's your next thing? Well, I think another drawing test. I'm... I won't mention it to anyone. You have my word. If you had an off switch, doctor, would you not keep it secret? Valid. I guess I would. Also, Data's off switch seems precariously placed. Also, it changes from place to place throughout the series, but it just, I feel like it's in a place. So, in this episode, it's sort of purported to be on his lower back area. On the side, I thought. Uh yeah, well lower abdomen, right. lower lower abdominal torso area. It's like here. It was My worse. point is, it's an area that could be easily bumped. A hundred percent. Well, I assume that his he consciously protects it. But yes, but also I just. But it's definitely also easily gotten to. I just feel like, what if he sits in a massage chair, uh-huh. like you know, at the academy, his buddies are like, Dana, come on, sit in this massage chair, give it a whirl, and then they and it keeps turning him on and off. Yeah. Anyway, that's just the thought I had. No, I think that's valid. Not valid, but this is the podcast full of unvalid <laughs> thoughts about Star Trek. Invalid. We don't want uh, our listeners to be uh, all over us. Um, uh, we don't have to play it, but I love the act break of uh, You May Call Me Lore. That's Ooh. a fucking act break. Oh, when he just wakes up? When he wakes up. I'll play it right it's now. It's pretty great. Right Se- 1758 is where I started, but... 1758, the ancient West. <laughs> is that a thing? Is that... No, I made that song. Oh, the jingle. Oh, the ancient West. The ancient right. West. Nice. So Got it. About the teacher who says that things are ancient sure. in the 1700s. Ancient times, we had automobiles. Ancient drawing tests. Ancient times, we had sneezing because of colds. Oh, he's so It excited. seemed to go well, thanks to a look inside Mr. Data. But there have been no signs of consciousness yet. No signs of consciousness yet. You see? <laughs> no, I must have been way off on this. Certainly is a good match for Data, sir. Do you think so, really? I wonder which of them was made first. He was. <gasps> Don't they hear they the music? To be imperfect, and I was made to replace him. You may call me Lore. Holy shit, you guys! That was a really good act break. It's a great act break. And then you know what I bet played during the act break? Take this free art test. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why this is that happening. <laughs> it really hits you. It's really funny to me. I think Lore was super scary in this episode. It was legitimately scary. Well, I mean, it's not only are impressive. you dealing with this evil, like, super being, you know. Yeah. He's menacing in a way that Q can't be. Uh, 
because like Q is like you don't know what the extent of Q's powers are, but right. like with Data, you know what Data can do. That's a really true point, and you know that how dangerous he could be. It's yeah, which which of course I could point out is another problem I have with Q. Is oh that it's God, not, here it's he not goes clarified again. what he can do. Therefore, it's hard here to be invested. Here he goes in. again. Maybe oh, no. he should take a free drawing test. <laughs> We've established that it is probably jealousy of Q that he's omnipotent and I want to be omnipotent. <laughs> That's all my problems stem from. Uh, um, so my next, next thing, thing is 30, 30, 50. Okay, but before that, okay. I have a thing before that. Very good. It's convenient. Like the next thing they do with this uh, lore uh-huh. is they uh, bring him to the bridge and sit him in the ops position now yeah how did he it seems like unclear whether he walked up himself and then they were like oh sure you're a tourist let's show you everything on the bridge or i think that was what it was Uh uh-huh it's weird but helm control is here with the ship's heading being given in measurements we call degrees 360 of them in a full circle this way then you say mark on the nose which separates it from another full 360-degree circle this way on a right angle to this one. Suspicious wharf. So by ordering a heading so many degrees this way and so many this way, the ship can travel in any direction, all three dimensions. And the square of a hypotenuse of the right triangle is equal to the sum of the square of the other two. Twitching. Two. Something which I once heard but never understood. All of which you will learn more about when the captain has approved your being on the bridge. Have I committed an offense? You will find that there are many rules on starships that must be learned. Let's lay that pipe so that we can get rid of Wesley when he has the answer. (laughs) (laughs) Although it does conflict with why they wouldn't listen to Wesley since he's not breaking protocol. It's insane. Or he's breaking protocol with reason because he knows the rules. Yeah. Yep. Um, Uh, You had something at 30 minutes. uh, Yeah, I got it. Uh, you do have it, but I do. Uh, you don't want to play it out of this. You know, I just feel like you're just like I don't like mono. And all right. Instead, I like this. fair enough. This is the scene with Data and Lore get this in Data's quarters, correct? Uh, yes, thirty fifty. So, post, uh, but by the way, the other thing is in that scene, um, in the scene after, uh, basically uh, Data uh, chastises Lore for doing basically lying to them that he wasn't smart enough to know all the the ship stuff and it's kind of like what would be his plan anyway because he must know that they know what data can do so why would they assume that he wouldn't be able to do that stuff like what is he and what is the purpose of trying to pretend you're stupider than data to be less threatening i think to be less threatening yeah well, it's a flawed plan. All right, hit it. All right, I'm going to hit it because Andy told me to. Thanks, Matt. ...by revealing the way to the colonists. Can you imagine its gratitude when I give it the life on this vessel? This is strange, sir. Oh. I show Commander Data transmitting on a subspace channel. I know Data's been doing considerable research into Dr. Sung's background. Let's be sure. Did I play the wrong clip because you had the wrong time? Is it thirty fifty? Yes, thirty fifty. Right, Are that. you going by how much time is left in the program? No, I don't think so. But whatever the case, what is the scene, my friend? The scene where he's talking to the crystal entity in English. 
Oh, that happens. Look, I'm way like later. like Lore. I am a flawed android. Well, you know, we were on to some fun clips, so let's continue. Okay. Wesley. Would you look in on Commander Data discreetly? Yes, sir. Let's send the tiniest boy we have. So weird. This is it. Crystal right entity. Upon arriving here, you can identify me as the machine named Data. End of message. Come in, please. There's no other way to communicate to the crystal. The Glad you were here, Wesley. entity than to Lord hail suddenly it. suddenly attacked me and I had to turn him off. So weird. Um, but then also, play the scene, because they're talking about the contractions and they're talking about everything. Mm. Why did he do that, Data? He discovered we have been using sensors to follow what he does. I practiced his facial tick. Do I have it right? I'd suggest you forget imitating him. If you'd said we've been using the sensors instead of we have, I might have suspected you were Lore. Yes. I do use language more formally than Lore. Please inform the captain I will come up to the bridge and report on this. Aye, sir. Very strange. And, um... He, he doesn't All see anything. He adds up everything himself. Who does? Wesley. He adds it all up. Laura is, by the way, a terrible strategist in this scene. He already talked about the contractions well, with I mean, Data. If you, if you walked into you know, Data's uh, quarters, right? And right. you saw Laura on the ground and yeah. Data standing there. Uh-huh. Couple things go through your mind. First of all, you hear the ominous music. So you're well, like, the ominous music is the first cue that they ignored the whole but time. But ignoring the music, all right, you would see that Data says that he was attacked by Lore. Yeah, and deactivated him. Data had not did not hail security. Data did not tell the captain. No, nope. Data has broken protocol. Right. Uh, and at the end of the day, isn't Data just a protocol droid? Uh. Oh, you like like three PO? I mean, I was throwing a three PO. Sure, sure, there, I appreciate but. that. So you keep me keep me involved in the conversation. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, he's a Starfleet officer and follows all regulations. I mean, those are all uh, a very accurate and and, and I think astute protocol perspective. Well, Wesley knows that. I think Wesley has his suspicions, and they're confirmed by the fact that this data did not report what happened with Lore to the captain. So him going up to the bridge to have to tell the captain what's going on, I think is uh, he's so he's very suspicious for that reason. Well, I feel like Laura's strategy is terrible in the scene, and I don't understand why. And he should be able to think insanely fast if he's I, built similarly to Data. He is built similarly to Data, but Data has been through Starfleet Academy. But didn't he download all the information at this point? Data read all the logs of Star- no. I mean, uh, Laura. I mean, Laura read all the logs. Yeah. So shouldn't he know all that crap? I mean, let's be and honest. the contractions. He made the mistake of of of, of speaking in a contraction. That scene. Lore, when he, in the previous Lore, scene, he Lore, already described that he knows that he's not supposed to. Yes, but I think Laura is such a perfect humanoid that he forgets. That he stuff? makes mistakes uh-huh. like a human. Uh-huh. He becomes cocky and he gets cocksure. And he thinks that, oh, I can just send away this drawing of this turtle and I'll be an artist. Okay, I'll buy that. But he can't. Because he's not a good artist. Well, he's also like too human. He's too good. 
Right. And evil. Uh, my next thing is... You're also is, forgetting the fact that he's evil. <laughs> sure. But the evil shouldn't interfere with his strategy. I don't, I don't want to support evil. <laughs> uh, my next thing is 3436. Uh, you're positive that it's 34 I'm not positive. It's when LaForge comes back to the bridge after having looked at the crystalline entity. It's the scene when Wesley snipes at Lore. Let's go. Did you get a direct look at it? It's like a giant snowflake crystal, but much more complex. The entire electromagnetic spectrum seems to play about inside it, but I haven't the slightest idea what it is, sir. Thank you, Lieutenant. Data. If there's anything else that law could tell us about it, it may be important. Can you control him enough to question him? I will have to examine him to know, sir. Captain, recommend that you do not let him roam the ship freely. Ensign. Wesley is simply showing himself to be alert and responsible. Something to be encouraged. Come, you can watch everything I do. Not if I have a choice. That is enough, Hanson. When addressing a senior officer... I've guided his training, sir. I'm the one at fault. You will show the proper respect. I will accompany you down there to make certain of it. With your approval, of course, sir. Uh, that's all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my, uh, I'm building a theory here. Okay, so I think you're going to need to be building a theory with this next clip. 3831. Uh, what am I, a fucking machine? 3803 has, a, has just Lore proposing that they uh, show how powerful humans are by throwing a tree out there and shooting it. <laughs> now I call that communicating. Suggest moving fast to confirm what I told it, sir. Permission to use the large transporter in cargo room three. There I can beam up some living pattern, perhaps a large tree. Which you'll beam over next to the entity. That is correct, Riker. Our ship's phasers will then blast and... Dis- Doesn't call him commander. No one says anything. It's crazy to me. Great it. Proving we are dangerous. Make it so. Sir? And that also is a great plan to Picard. Do it. Doesn't understand, make it so. Nobody spots it. Well, they all do furrow their brow after that moment. A little bit. Allowing him to roam freely throughout the strip. But not so much that when Wesley steps up, they don't they shouldn't doubt it. But hit thirty eight thirty one if you're up to there. Sir, I know this may finish me as an acting ensign, but Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. Lieutenant, pick a good security team and let me know what he does. Hi, sir. Shut up, Wesley. Doctor. And since I am finished here, sir, may I point out that... Shut up, Wesley. That everything that I have said would have been listened to if it came from an adult officer. Request permission to return to my quarters, sir. Agreed. Doctor, go with him. You're putting me off the bridge. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. Um... All of these scenes with Wesley, mm-hmm. Matthew, yeah. led me to a theory. All right, let's hear it. Where are all the bathrooms at? Who let an android have a cat? Is Data just pretending to be so dim? No one knows the answers. Least of all him, it's Sam. Now, you could say that this isn't a new theory, uh, but it is a supplemental to my previous theories, um, mm-hmm. which is uh, that Wesley uh, is 
an evil genius psychopath. Um, and uh, I feel like there's a tremendous amount of evidence because he knows from the first scene that Lore is acting as Data. Uh-huh. He doesn't he, – he sort of objects enough. Like he starts to object – and then when he's questioned, he uses none of the evidence. Okay, so that's the first scene. Then the second scene, after Lore leaves, he steps up again. And he doesn't again tell anyone what all the all the massive evidence that has been piling up, some of it in front of their faces. Uh-huh. He's a genius. He doesn't say anything. And so my thought is, well, why wouldn't he say anything? It's because he wants everyone on the <laughs> ship to die. <laughs> and he probably looks at them like playthings. In the same way that Q does, except with much more of a homicidal perspective. Sure. And um, he, he uh, do, do, does he know who's going to win? No, he probably doesn't. He's sort of playing it halfway, sort of like Gollum. You know, he's, he's he, you know, maybe it'll work out so that that uh, Lore will win, and then he has a plan on how he's going to take down Lore, and then the uh, the snowflake uh, creature will be indebted to him, or maybe Picard will win, and that's why he covers his bases. By objecting without giving them the information uh-huh, uh-huh. and by uh, telling his mother, hey, uh, there's something wrong uh, here. Come into this room. And by the way, in, in that scene, Beverly is – she she seems to think that he is still crazy, right? She's she, not convinced. She, she brings a phaser. She holsters a phaser. But she turns on something that could be lore uh, standing like an inch from it. Mm, good point. Which leads me to support my other theory, which is Beverly has a severe learning disability. She's being completely ma- manipulated by Wesley the entire time. He does; she does whatever he wants. So you're saying Wesley is Putin and Crusher is, tro- is Trump? Trump, a hundred percent, right? And his theories are very interesting because he's really smart. Uh, okay, so they. I mean, you guys should have seen the look of tolerance on his face during this whole shits up against <laughs> shits up against the wall. But I, I, I thought we should all hear uh, Worf get his get his chest caved in. Fair enough. There you go. <laughs> it was so he would have he would have just punched a hole through him, right? I think or he is, would have, yes. Or Klingons have such strong bones that... They uh, do have very strong bones and, and different organs. I'm telling you, Wesley Crusher's a fucking evil genius, Matt. You're being very unfair, Wes. Data, the crystal thing is outside somewhere close to the ship, and Lore's loose on the inside. How badly are you hurt, Data? I will function sufficiently to stop Lore, Doctor. Crystal entity form. Still your old friend. Such a weird... Talking to the form. It's also such a weird... um, I don't understand this relationship. Right. Lore should have been the primary primary issue. I don't know. Well, that's why, to me, it seems so Gollum-Shilabi that it's kind of crammed in. And I don't know why... It would even have that purpose. You could have just had Lore tried to take over. He found some way of which, and as you pointed out, this isn't even explained. He found some way to to kill all the the um, the uh, colonists after they disassembled him. Right. And um, um, you don't need the crystal entity. 
No, but you do need it for the next couple of seasons to pop back up here and there. The Crystal Entity? It sure does. Really? Mm-hmm. So there's more to it then. Uh, I don't think we ever get any real information as to far as far as like it's just a purposeless this relationship. I don't understand. It's a faceless, non-explained, unexplained creature, uh, energy creature. You'll oh, we'll see. You'll All right. get there. Don't spoil. You'll get there. Don't worry, my friend. Thanks. All will be explained in due time. He slipped you in. What? Gleam or gleam? This is Wesley confronting... And why this marvelous gift? Data and lore. The troublesome little man-child. Such a great performance. Are you prepared for the kind of death you've earned, little man? If you take one more step towards my son... Just stun Ah, him. Motherhood. Also, follow-up to this. Why didn't Data call all of ship security at this point? Totally. Okay. Well, maybe he's afraid that he'll kill everyone when they come in. Oh... Certainly could. Back off, or I'll turn your little man into a torch. I promise him exquisite pain unless you obey me too, brother. Move away, Data. Please. Do you see now the advantages of being completely human? It includes kindness. I give you your life, Doctor. Go. Quickly. And I may not injure your son at all. I will stay with Wesley, Doctor. Go! Or he'll be shrieking by the count of five. One, two, three, four. Thank you for my human qualities, Dr. Sung. As he's looking up into the heavens, thanking Dr. Sung, Data could have taken him out. Right. Wait! A small payment for your son's misdeeds. I don't know what sparks on her outfit, but... I was going to ask you, is that a setting on a phaser? I don't know. Light on fire? Burn? Yeah. Well, I mean, there are... Well... It wouldn't do that if it was on kill, would it? No. Wouldn't do it on stun? It's a great question. I... So... At the end of this, I do like when they beam him out. Although, uh, on the... Are you going to play that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much of it's actually audible, but here. Is this on that score? Wesley, now! I love how the uh, phaser was going on. During the beam out. Um, I have a technical question, Matt. Sure. Um, couldn't they have just? Couldn't he have just done a site to site transport? Why did he need to be on the plat the transporter platform? It's a cargo transporter, different than a regular transporter. Okay. With a cargo tra- transport. Why did it have to be on? Why did he have to throw him onto the platform? Couldn't he have just locked onto him wherever he was in the room? I think that the cargo bay transporters are less specific than the transporters in. On the transporter rooms, uh huh. I think they're just ha- designed to handle uh, matter, not living tissue. Okay, is that just a guess? That's a guess. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's going to be great. Is next week we'll get emails that'll tell me what was wrong or right about what I just said. 
Well, that's why we invented the Prime Directive. Corrective. Prime God damn it. Everybody, you can Here correct comes, me on that next week. Here's the security team sent in. It is Tasha Yar, William Riker, Jean-Luc Picard, and Beverly Crusher. Well, you don't want to crowd, get crowded in there. Laura's gone, sir. Permanently. I did it. Now, this is the resolution of this episode, which I find to be the least satisfying resolution in the history of television. Uh-huh. Now that Wesley's safe, go to sick bed once. Captain, the crystal thing has begun to move away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see that on the monitor as well. <laughs> Data, you all right? Yes, sir. I'm fine. Why is he using a contraction? Oh. Why is his face twitching? Oh well, his face is damn twitch. His face is twitching because Lore messed up his face, so he would twitch, so he would seem more like Lore, and he hasn't fixed it yet. Okay, but why did he use a contraction? That I can't answer. Like this is like one of those like if they were in the same uniform. I mean, particularly. Do you know what I mean? If they were in the same uniform, would be that you killed the wrong twin situation. That would be great. Uh, it, it, it. I mean, the. I would almost say, all right. We're be, you know, you're gonna, we're being nitpickers on, yeah, but early on in the season he used contractions and whatever, and like, but this is an episode about the very distinction between lore and data, right. so it does seem like a pretty massive miss. Or I don't know what they're trying to say by having him use "I'm there." They had to. Oh, you think it was intentional? They, they had to have deliberately done it. But he doesn't do it after this, does no. he? So what's? I don't understand it. Unless you're saying this is. Ooh, that would be another great Andy's theory. I mean, come on, it's been lore the whole time. That would be amazing. Think about it. I haven't. On <laughs> <laughs> uh, the correct uniform. Yes, Captain. Ensign Crusher, you able to return to duty? Yes, sir. Then do so, and let the bridge know that all is well down here. Aye, sir. I feel like Wesley accepts this apology uh, I a agree. little fast. I and agree. Picard, Picard, I, said, uh, Picard said, shut up, Wesley. Yeah. Uh, Shut up, Wesley. Tried to say, he, he, save the entire crew. Yeah. And all Picard says is, uh, are you able to return to duty? Yeah. Like, all right, you know what? I'm going to throw you a bone. I'm going to let you return to the job you just did better than anyone else. Yeah. Except, anyway. Except for the fact that he's a fucking evil genius. Well, I mean, we know that, but they don't know that yet. Right. Uh, that does it for Data Lore, everybody. Um, I guess it's time to tell people. How many Andes we give? Data lore. The Andes. Or some other method of ranking. We're working on it. Um. Uh, you know, I really gotta say, um, this is maybe the first episode that I was completely not completely into and because it fell apart at the end but yeah i was really like every act had me uh-huh um i i love evil twin stuff it's so cliche but i just love watching them try to sort of like okay what is that writer's twist on that character totally. it just fascinates me um i thought that spiner's performance was great uh-huh. just really masterful um and um i give it 
and this I don't know. This will be interesting to see if this shocks you. I give it seven and a half Andes. Oh my God, Andrew Secunda. The performances are great. The backstory of Data is fantastic. Really great. Uh, the I would have liked a little bit more logic to it, but just sure. the details are amazing. You'll get some later. Okay. Uh, the acting again, yeah. The acting top notch. Everybody's doing a great job. Um, you get to see some Argyle. I'm always pretty <laughs> sure. Chief Engineer I Argyle. I to show up at some point with a cab driver's yeah. cap. I give this episode seven Andes. I was wondering. Yeah. Yeah. I was really, I, I couldn't tell if you were going to top me this time. Seven Andes, everybody. Gonna, but as usual, um, a very similar description between Matthew and I, yeah. and then he's just a little bit lower than I am. Because I know what's coming. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I know the qual- I know the quality I yet to uh, have to. I, I I know the quality I still have to give Andy's to. Sure. Yeah. And now you know what it's time for. Oh, I do. In the fastness of space, when the going gets rough, you gave it your all. You showed the right stuff. You managed to not blow the ship to You know, if we ever we ever do live shows, I don't know. I don't know if Kent, where Kenny Dixon lives. Maybe yeah, we should bring him to, to play uh, to play it live. That would make it a net loss uh, for him, us. Oh, for us, having to pay to bring him out. Oh, I didn't mean that. I mean Kenny. If you happen to live in the neighborhood and you don't mind paying for your own gas, <laughs> swing on by. Gas, we can swing. <laughs> Look, we don't shut have up, sp- Wesley. <laughs> oh, <laughs> New that- sound drop. That was me. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh, look, we don't have a sponsor, guys. So, so someday we'll be brought to you by. Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. Uh, ironic because. Shut up, Wesley. Even though, he, even though he was, he was uh, clearly just belittled every step of the way by everyone but Data, and he very justifiably is plotting the deaths of every person on board if well. it fits his larger scheme, which has not been yet revealed. Mm-hmm. Without question, it's got to be Wesley Crusher. 100%. Wesley Crusher, you are the most valuable crew member. Good job, Wes. Yet again, Wesley Crusher, you're the most valuable crew member. It's true. Boy, Andy... I think we really have done what could be our best episode ever. <laughs> Did we? Thanks in no small part to Art Instruction Schools of America. I'm not going to play it again. Oh, I was almost certain you were going to. I was giving you some space. Oh, well, since you're giving me space, I guess I'll play it again. Thank you all for joining us on Star Trek The Next Conversation. Tune in next week, and maybe we'll hear some more theories and find out who next week's MVC is. I am Chief Engineer Argyle's brother, Tom Stewart. My brother went to space. I'm just here to teach you how to draw. I was always the artist in the family. He was the brains. That's why he likes to tinker with things. Did you know that heat won't hurt data? Look at this picture I drew. Of an energy all creature October destroying all of us. Art, great. Speaking of art, I'm going to beam myself out of here. Argyle. Come in, Argyle. Call this toll-free number now. 
Don't have the cue. <laughs> I have all cues, all times. Oh, oh you got to load that into something else. He's got a whole huge page of cue. Goodbye, Matt. Goodbye. Uh, finally, it's just me, just relaxing, just me on the bridge. This is probably what it was like when Laura was all by himself on the planet with the energy creature, just chilling. Good old Lore. I think Lore may be my favorite. Start to... Goodbye, folks. Disengage. Andy, you're still here. I just beamed myself back. Hi, I'm Tom Stewart. Hi, Tom. I Have you ever wanted to draw? Uh, you know, I've, I've thought about it from time to time. Well, can you draw a turtle that has a humanoid face? How about this pirate? Uh, wait, what, what did the pirate tie into the turtle? Well, those are the two things that you need to draw in order to know if you can draw. Oh, cool. Yeah, so take this free art test and okay. then call us, the Art Institute of America. I gotta go. See you, Tom. That was nice. <laughs> Still doesn't have the same effect without the music, the common music. <laughs> uh, so long, folks. This is good.